This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can see what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. We've got to have another great awakening. They're trying to topple the republic and remove sovereignties in all nations, moving us into a new world order. Only the church can stop this insanity if the church will rise up and be what it's supposed to be, salt and light, moving with the power of the Holy Spirit. Special guest today, he lives in Jerusalem, is Roy Kindle. Roy, welcome back to the Warning Program. It's good to be with you today, as always. <laughs> yes. Now, you live in Jerusalem. How many years have you been there? 33. I tell people I've lived there as long as Jesus did. Hey, that's a good analogy. You sure have. (laughs) I see you just about every year in Israel as I fly in for the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Yes. I've stayed with Roy many, many times. It's always a pleasure, and he has a lot of contacts in that nation, both in the church as well as Jewish Hebrew community, government, etc. Now, Roy just left. It was planned. He's not there right now, although he's going back, but he was certainly there during most of when it initiated this war, October 7, out of nowhere started. He's been there until just recently. Roy, again, in your perspective, I know October 7, they invaded Hamas. You and I have both been all through that area, and we've been to that very kibbutz that they massacred, that very kibbutz. That's right. And so, I mean, Shai Hermish, the World Jewish Congress leader, a personal friend, and and we've been in his home. I've interviewed him on television. He took me all the way through that kibbutz, showing me everything. We Mm -hmm. recorded it on television, took me in his bomb shelter, told me what would happen when the sirens go off. But now, Mm -hmm. this wasn't just the sirens going off. This was an invasion. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. when it initiated, I want a testimony of what you're thinking, what you know. And by the way, I still haven't been able to reach Shai Hermish. Do you know if he's alive? I believe he's still alive. Uh, Maybe you didn't get my message, but his son was one of the people that are kidnapped right now. Oh, my. They're holding his son. Oh, my. uh, You know, he was also the, I don't know if he currently is, but he's been the mayor of that Kfar Aza community and also uh, for many years was a Knesset member. So he's quite a well-known figure there and they have his son right now. I'm glad you told me that. We'll certainly put it on our international prayer list. Shai Hermish, I really, really like the man. Been to his kibbutz different times, several times. In his home. Yeah, right in his home. He was very, very Mm -hmm. kind. Just treated us like royalty, but very down to earth. And so I was highly impressed Mm -hmm. with the character of this man, Roy. Yes, me too. And now war broke out. Tell me what happened. What did you think when you heard it October 7th? Yes, we were awakened at 6.30 a.m. with the civil defense alarm going off, reminiscent of the Gulf War days. Everybody knows what to do as soon as you hear that, and you go for your bomb shelter. In our case, as you know, because you've stayed with us so many times, we have a big house. We had 10 guests with us at the time, so there were 12 of us in the house. Wow. The good thing is they're all spirit-filled believers that nobody panicked and was afraid. So it was really time to go to our big bomb shelter and have a prayer meeting and have a a time of prayer and worship right there. But very alarming to do that and to wait to see what was going to happen because, of course, at that point, you just don't know how severe it is or where it's at or what's happening. Normally, if there's something happening down south, 
they won't send all of the civil defense alarms around the country off. So when you hear a civil defense alarm with your own ears, rather than just the phone app kind of telling you there's some kind of an attack, you know, there's a definite something coming your way. Yes. So that's why we had to get ready. We had to go down there. You have at best 90 second warning. They know 90 seconds once that thing's gone up that you have 90 seconds to get to safety, not knowing where it's going to go. Thankfully, about 97% I've heard of the uh, missiles are intercepted by the Iron Dome system that Israel has, which is amazing. Just an interesting point, uh, the Iron Dome in Hebrew is called the Iron Kippa. The Kippa is the skull cap, you know, the yarmulke, it's also called the Kippa. In Hebrew, it's the Iron Kippa, just so that everybody is reminded of Psalm 121, he who watches or guards over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. It's reminding them they are under God's covering. Beautiful. And it's called the Iron Keeper in Hebrew. So <laughs> that's what happened in that initial thing. And then, of course, time after time after time, the, the sirens going off. And then it didn't take long before the media started reporting that there was a terrible breach of Israeli security caught off guard on such a holiday on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, when they caught them uh, during Golda Meir's time, you know, another holiday of Yom Kippur where everyone was fasting. But this time it wasn't Yom Kippur because the Hebrew calendar doesn't land every holiday exactly the same each year. But this time it fell on, as you know, Simchat Torah, which was the holiday right after the Feast of Tabernacles. The very the eighth day is the holiday called Simchat Torah, where they start reading the Torah fresh for that year again. So that's another thing, just like the Iron Dome is the Iron Kippa. This war now is called the Iron Swords. And the Bible, the Torah... Simchat Torah, beginning reading of the Torah, is the sword. You know, it's the sword, the Bible, we call it our sword. And so it's no accident that they're calling this war the swords of iron or the iron swords, a reference to what they tried to do to us in our Simchat Torah, our celebration of the Torah of God's word. And so we have God with us as we respond. Wonderful. That's a good explanation for people that aren't aware of that. Praise the Lord. Now, I initially know that Israelis, Hebrews, over 1,400 people were killed, <laughs> over 200 hostages mm-hmm. at the time. The latest I have, you can maybe improve on that as far as more current, but over 40 babies beheaded, women raped. I mean, they said that that kibbutz where you and I and, and my wife visited, and we've been there several times, it was massacred. And I know we have a lady in our congregation here at World Ministries International, Sharon Dodge. I don't know if you remember her, but Mm -hmm. uh, elderly. Her husband, Dan, recently went on to be with the Lord. I did an interview with him because he had a marvelous vision of heaven and what the Lord said in heaven. And he was excited. He didn't want to come back to earth when it was his time. Yeah. He said, no, 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 I want to stay. And and boom. But everybody that yeah. goes there says. <laughs> boom, he was instantly back in the body. But when the memorial was there, they actually played that for the family because how beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a forewarning. Mm-hmm. He did not want to come back at that time. Right. And he came right. back. The Lord said, yeah. Tell what you saw in heaven. I know we're a little off track, but I think it's good to know these realities in the in the Absolutely. days we live in. You know, he saw a lady in her prime and she had a family on earth, but she was in her prime, beautiful and running and dancing. And he complained to the Lord, why would you bring such a lady to heaven? She has a family on earth and why would you leave them? And the Lord said, she's a hundred years old. And, okay. uh, you know, the point is, 
And I've always thought this. I've actually taught it, not as a fact. I can't find it that way as a fact, but I've always believed it. But I believe, and I still do, and with that testimony, we are in our prime in heaven. We're in our prime. I don't think we're old and frail. We'll know as we are known. Yes. And I think the the implication, even in the original Hebrew, is that as you're known at your best. Yeah. (laughs) And and so why would God bring us in heaven all (laughs) crippled and disabled? No way. And so, I mean, this is exciting. She was in her prime. He did not want to come back to earth. And so, it was so encouraging at the memorial. They're watching her husband, their father, their grandfather, and how happy he was and how he did not want to come back at that time. I mean, it was just so appropriate. Everybody was encouraged. That was the last thing they saw when we closed the memorial. You know, if I could just add to, in light of what you're saying... There's been a number of people have said to me, you know, well, you keep singing and saying and quoting the scripture, Psalm 121, he who watches Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And to the uneducated or unbeliever, it could look like God fell asleep for this to happen. How could he allow this to happen? And exactly in line with what you're saying to the world, death is the end. To us, it's not the end. We don't like tragedies like this, but God never said that trusting him means that nothing bad will happen to you. There will be trials Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers us. Still, bad things happen to good people. There are in wars, there are tragedies, there are losses, there are atrocities. But in the end, still, the one who watches Israel, I tell people, now you watch and you keep listening. There will be story after story after story, God's stories of deliverance, people that already they're saying miraculous things that happened, but also the way Israel, they learned that on their own strength, They were caught off guard, and this thing happened. So it's not by might, it's not by power, but now they're going to see what the Spirit of God will do as He comes in to honor His Word that when He brought His people back, they're never going to be uprooted out of their land again. They will win, but they will win at the hand of God. The swords of iron is not going to be the iron fist of strength, though. It's going to be the power of God's Word because of his spoken promises. And we can be comforted by knowing that the tragic losses, that eternity in heaven is going to erase those sad memories. You're so correct, Roy. And I always tell people, you know, this side of heaven, the Bible says Satan is the prince of this world. So don't blame evil things on God. It's Satan. And if the church allows it to happen because we don't rule and reign, take dominion, then it's our fault. And we're losing America because the church is dysfunctional. But this is Mm -hmm. not God's fault. He is there. He's ready to return. He's ready to rule and reign. And he's going to remove eventually unrighteous leaders. He's going to take Mm -hmm. over. And then there'll be peace on earth. But they can be encouraged that God wins. We win in the end. Right. And these unrighteous leaders have only exposed their true nature. They've shown the world. Totally. How evil they are. And I mean, they just make ISIS look mild compared to the atrocities that they've done. Another thing that that I think helps people, because I talk to a number of people that say, what about there are Palestinians that are hurting and caught in the crossfire and all this other stuff? And they think that you should sit down and negotiate with Hamas. But Hamas, their whole purpose is not the plight of the Palestinian people. That's their front, and that's how they get the world to comply with them. But that's not it. That's just their fake front. Their goal is to wipe Israel off the map, as you know, to kill all the Jews, to get Israel completely out of the Middle East, because 
like our mutual friend Jan Willem van der Hoven, old Dutch preacher, says uh, <laughs> Israel's existence is a stick in the eye of Allah, he says. And they can't stand that it's a Jewish nation is right in the middle of all of these Muslim nations. But anyway, so that's their goal. They're not doing this to try to make life better for the Palestinians under Israeli occupation. They have more freedoms, more liberties than they do in any other nation around there. So what I like to say is for people that think they should sit down and negotiate with Hamas, they've done it over and over and over. What's the definition of insanity, right? When you keep thinking you're going to get a different result. They played cat and mouse too long. They overplayed their hand with this terrible atrocity. So imagine if people need a good example to help them put it into perspective. What if the world said the UN, that the United States and everybody, the allied forces should sit down and negotiate with Hitler? You know, and maybe he'll stop killing so many people and murdering so many people and slaughtering. And maybe he'll slow down if we just negotiate with him. So they weren't against Germany. They were against the evil dictator Hitler and his Nazi program. The world needs to see this is not a battle with the Palestinians. It's a battle with this Nazi-type leadership called Hamas. Yeah, their charter is to wipe the Hebrews, the Jews, off the face of the earth, to let all of the land be given to the Muslims. And after they destroy the nation of Israel, they destroy America. People that, don't know that, you know. That, that's right in their charter. On their list. Yes. There's no intention for them to have a two-state solution. Israel's offered it five times. They don't right. want a two-state solution. They want all of the land. Exactly. And it's not and the normal... And backed by Iran, they, they know that they, as a smaller organization like them, even if they combine with Hezbollah up in the north or the PIJ, all these other organizations, even the Palestinian Authority, they all know they're too small on their own, but they also all know they're backed by Iran, who is working for nuclear capacity. Then, especially with Iran backing... They would be able to strike at America and potentially wipe us off as well. Yeah, Israel is just taking it on the chin for everybody else. Yeah, and the normal, if we want to use the word Palestinian, which again, they've made that term up because they're, I know. they're Arabs from Jordan and Egypt. Palestinian they, used to mean the Jews in Israel. That's exactly right. Now, I was going to get into that. I mean, I've okay. done quite a few programs since this happened. I'm sure you have. And uh, I know. that's yeah. exactly what it means. And the Hebrews go back 3,500 years, long exactly. before Islam was ever even initiated. Up until uh, not too many decades ago, the Jerusalem Post was actually called the Palestine Post because it meant the Jewish people, everybody that lived there. That's exactly right, Roy. Arafat uh, took the word and polished it up and, and created this whole fictitious idea of a Palestinian state, meaning Arabs and Muslims. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right, because there is no justification. Jerusalem's not even mentioned in the entire Quran. They're just making this up to give them some excuse to attack God through the Jews and then the Americans. It's a religious battle. It's not a political battle. Whose God is going to be worshipped? And we already know how that's going to turn out. That's exactly right. We can break it down that very simple. It's a fight for the real God. Now, Roy, how long again have you lived in Jerusalem? 33 years. Okay. And so give your reason why you're there. I know that you were a youth pastor once and a music pastor in Florida. Give us a little bit of your background. Right. We were co-pastoring a church in Vero Beach, Florida. 
for 12 years. And uh, we watched it grow from less than 100 people to 1,500 people. And we were doing large-scale productions for six and 8,000 people several times a year. Because of that, we kind of caught the eye of the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, also called ICEJ, who were doing also a large production every year during uh, Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. People from over 100 nations would come, about the same number of people, six to 8,000 people were coming. And they asked me in 1988, 1989, if I would come and help them. And then in 1990, they invited me, what I consider moving my whole family, my wife and I and our two children, who were ages 11 and 12 at the time, would we consider moving to Jerusalem and to be with them full time throughout the year, other things they were doing. That happened to be the year that Saddam Hussein was doing what's happening right now and threatening <laughs> to wipe Israel off the map. Okay, so, okay. So we've, we've been around this block a few times already. Yes, yes. So it certainly didn't seem like a great idea, especially when I asked him, you know, I said, so, but what would the salary be? I'd have to support my family. And he said, that's the only problem. We can't pay you anything. And I said, that can't be God. That's impossible. Uh But then that phrase, I realized, what did I just say? God is the God of the impossible. Long story cut, very short. We ended up, God confirmed that's what he wanted us to do. We've been living by faith these whole 33 years. By showing up where God says to show up, I hate to use a worldly analogy, but Woody Allen, I think it said uh, 80 or to 90% of life is just showing up. (laughs) So it works in the kingdom of God too. We just showed up where God told us to show up, ended up being before the Israeli parliament, the government, five of the last prime ministers been able to um, minister directly to them personally and in group settings government officials, they appreciated my ability to bring Jewish people and Christian people together on the same page to worship the God of Israel. They could trust me in that, where we could find a way that we can all worship Him together. As a result of that, as you know, Knesset Christian Allies Caucus was formed, and a Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast, and many other things that are actually uh, nations around the world are uh, making different decisions because of they're becoming informed through these things. A lot of legislation, including moving the uh, the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, came out of these endeavors. And so it put us in a place, in addition to mentoring, when we got there, there were 25 congregations in the country. Today, there are over 350. And so we're mentoring uh, leaders in worship and youth and pastors and ministering to them. And the home that you've been in, as you know, they come and they pour their hearts out and they can trust us and government leaders and kingdom leaders together, you know, All those things God has had us doing. One other point I want to just insert in here is concerning the government. As you well know, and I'm sure you had many programs on this topic, but the government was completely split to the point of near civil war. I understand. And extreme far leftists and extreme far rightists, you know, the leftists, anything goes, the rightists that think it needs all the laws need to be based on the rabbis and, you know, and babies in between and trying to work all this out. If this war has done anything, it's brought the people together. As I said, when it comes to defending ourselves, we are one nation. It's brought them together. Even uh, Bibi Netanyahu with Benny Gantz, they wouldn't come together before, but now they are working together, which is something I was praying for. And this is happening now. And so it's brought them together. It's brought the nation together. You may have also heard that Israel is the only nation in history that's had more people come into the nation during a time of war than going out because the people are coming back together as one. 
Well, that is certainly true. And I know earlier this year, you and I were both in the Knesset together for the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Tremendous time. I know I stayed there three days meeting with different world leaders. It's very important, as you mentioned, for leaders, uh, Christian leaders, uh, Jewish leaders, Mm -hmm. for us to come together. Uh, Exactly. That's a critically important thing. United we stand, divided we fall. And Mm -hmm. so we must be on the side of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We must be on the side of the Bible. I know they use the Bible quite a bit in their speeches. And so, I mean, this is very important. I might even add to that just quickly that they're using the Bible along. I'm sure the rabbis are instructing them as well. But they are getting a lot of their biblical firepower from Christians. Exactly. Who are telling them, I, I know somebody that Bibi Netanyahu calls right before he does a press conference and he gets a scripture and he goes out and tells it to the world. I like to say that through endeavors like these things that are happening, combined with Christians, we're giving them a biblical backbone to stand strong. And they say openly themselves, so we're not taking credit for something they haven't admitted themselves, that these Christians are reminding us what our book says and why we can be certain, based on the Bible, that what we're doing is necessary and that we will win. And I've watched them and listened to them being over there and talking to them and the discussions. They use the Bible to justify their existence and their history and things like this, and Mm -hmm. which is so true. I mean, that's what we all believe, and that's what we use together, and that's why we're siding with them. We believe, you know, what God is saying, and so uh, the Bible is very important for Jew and Christian. Right. The enemy is so clever. The Bible, as you know, says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices and his cunning skill. People think that we as Christians who support Israel, that we use the Bible to justify what they have manufactured terminology, that we justify colonization. You probably heard that to justify force and, you know, abuse of Palestinian people, that Israel is abusive and that they're all these things, you know, that they're saying. That is just not true. They call it genocide. They call it everything that the Hamas and others are doing. Somehow they flip it around and make it look like that's what Israel's doing. And it's just not true. And we don't think that you should go in and just wipe out people like Hamas. You have to wipe out the evil just the same way Hitler had to be stopped. Nazism had to be stopped. But the same spirit behind Nazism is alive and well in this radical Islamic That's the other thing. It's not an Arab conflict. It's an Islam conflict. Yeah. Like we said at the very beginning, it's right out of hell itself. Whose God is real? If we want to use the word Satanism, but just like Mm -hmm. cancer, you can't ignore it. It will continue until it kills you. I always say, if you're going to have to fight, fight today. Tomorrow they get stronger. Uh, Let's get this thing over with because Mm -hmm. they've allowed the cancer to grow far too long. And the people themselves living in there, they want them removed. They're terrified. They're being used as pawns, as human shields. Mm -hmm. They want them gone. And and, but they're afraid. They can't do anything because they'll be they, they killed just like Jews or Christians would. It's time to just end it. 15 seconds, Roy, closing comments. We know that the Lord wins and we know that he who watches Israel never slumbers or sleeps. And then Psalm 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Those who do so will prosper because then we'll be paying attention and we'll see God do what he promised he will do for Israel. And he says, what I do for Israel, I will do for you. And that's the whole purpose. Special guest today, Pastor Ronald Dimmerling. Welcome, Pastor. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's good to talk to you again. Why don't you tell our listeners, where are you from? 
We're working out of Bean Station, Tennessee, and our ministries, New Mount Zion Ministries, that we're affiliated with. Now, Ron, why don't you tell the listeners, if they've never heard you before, what is your involvement, your ministry to Israel? Well, my friend, about 18 years ago, God put it on my heart to bless the nation of Israel. And so I didn't really know where God was taking me, but I I was watching a TV show and you could bring a Jew back from Israel. And so I blessed a Jew and brought a Jew back to Israel. Little did I know that God was going to turn that into a ministry. The ministry we have is we travel around the United States. We put boxes in churches and we ask people to give a dollar a week and bless the nation of Israel. We're commanded in the Bible, my friend, to bless the nation of Israel. So God placed that upon my heart. So we have churches that, you know, we don't touch any of the money. It goes directly to an organization. I work with the Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I met with Rabbi Eckstein before he passed. I've also worked with John Hagee's ministry, uh, Christians United for Israel. Okay, very good. I know that you also are in the Senate at times. Yes, we just got back a couple months ago from lecturing the senators and congressmen on the SHIP Act, and it's... It's kind of like surreal when you're before this even comes out in the news, you know, that you're lecturing on something that now that they're talking about every day about stopping Iran from selling its oil on the black market. October 7, 2023, Ron, the world found out out of nowhere that Israel was under attack. Hamas. Now, I've been to Israel. I was in the Knesset this very year met three days with world leaders where we discuss peace and how the Jews and Christians together can bring peace. None of us realized what would happen in October. Now, I've been to Starot, right on the Gaza border, probably eight to 12 times. I've been there personally. We were going to open up a dental clinic there, one mile from the Gaza Strip. Bomb shelters everywhere, including the parks, where if a siren goes off, they had 15 seconds to get to a bomb shelter. And even the parks where children play, the bomb shelters are decorated as centipedes or something. I was at the very kibbutz. Several times I've been there with my wife, meeting with Shai Hermersh, who was the president of the World Jewish Congress. Also, he was uh, at different times in his career in the Parliament of Israel, the Knesset. And so he was a friend. He took me all the way through the very kibbutz that was massacred. I was in his home several times in his bomb shelter, interviewed him on television. Over 1,400 Israelis in the initial terrorist attack murdered. Over 200 taken hostage. Women raped, children beheaded. What do you think, Ron? Oh, my friend. (laughs) We're watching the scriptures unfold. I mean, literally, if I was an atheist and I didn't believe in God and I stumbled across the Bible and I read what different men of God said would happen in the last days, I would be convinced there's no way that they could understand and that could just come to them by accident. I believe I would get converted just watching the secular news and opening up a Bible and just reading what the different prophets prophesied would happen. We're in the very last days, my friend, and to believe that people could do that to other people. I understand how war is, but to take a little child and cut its head off. I heard where they literally cut a baby out of its mother, and they murdered that baby in front of its mother and then shot the mother in the head. Well, it's the same spirit of death right out of hell. I'm going to just read you some news articles. 
Pentagon announces new nuclear bomb that is 24 times more powerful than bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Demonstrators rally across the United States in response to violent conflict between Israel and Hamas. Kirkland, Washington. Hamas rally celebrated terrorist attacks against Israel. Wow. Israel strikes Gaza tunnels. Palestinian rockets attacks persist. Violence ricochets among Gaza, Israel, and the West Bank. New York City public school teacher shares images of Hamas paraglider, describes terror attack on Israeli civilians as a successful military campaign. Il Omar fails to heed warning from AOC, gets caught spreading false claims of child genocide in Gaza. My mom died on top of me, 16-year-old Israeli-American recalls, playing dead as Hamas terrorists stormed his home, murdered parents in front of him. Devastated Irishman says he was grateful to learn his daughter had been killed by Hamas rather than taken hostage. Death was a blessing. Hamas spokesman walks out of Chris Camaro interview. Camaro says spokesman can't deal with the reality of pain his terror organization has caused. Terror looks among millions of illegal aliens. Stranger Things star Noah Shimp slams fans justifying Hamas terror attack on Israel. That's what he asks. Have people lost their minds? Israeli strikes 450 targets. Scale of Hamas massacre rises. Babies beheaded. Real plan of Hamas kill every Jew and every Christian on earth. Hamas slaughtered at least 40 babies. Some decapitated. And it goes on and on. I just looked at headline news. Pro-Hamas demonstrations are happening all over the world. Headline news. U.S. cities are no longer safe. 15,000 Hamas protesters shut down the San Francisco freeway. Ron, what is going on? My friend, we're in such in the last days. The scariest part to me, I didn't know it would be at this level yet, this quick. But what we're seeing is, you know, they're calling the Jews pigs. We don't understand what that means because, you know, most Christians, we eat pork. But in the Middle East... A pig is such an unclean animal, it's not even worthy to live. And when they call the Jews pigs, that means they should be annihilated, you know. And I think the thing that really gets me more than anything is the Christians that are coming out and they're sympathizing with the Palestinians and with Hamas. That's what gets me and I'm shaking my head. I said, God, what is wrong with the church? There is a good outcry of the church that's pro-Israel, but you have to be careful. You have to be very careful because the propaganda can just pull you in. And we're right there, you know, from the river to the sea, you know, Palestine has to be free. That means there is no Israel. That's not talking about a two-state solution. We know God's even against that. I lectured the Congress and Senate about the tunnels that Hezbollah was drilling into uh, Israel. There's 300 miles worth of tunnels. Yeah, that's what's in Gaza. Well, see, they've got the same thing that Hamas is doing on the Lebanon border. And so, you know, lecturing the Congress and Senate and trying to get money taken away from these organizations, we took $300 million through the Taylor Force Act. You can, anyone that wants to listen can Google it. I literally got to lecture on the Taylor Force Act. We took $300 million away from the Palestinian Authority. They supply the money to Hamas. 
That was under the Trump administration. Come back in, the Biden administration reinstated that money. The money that was used to kill Americans, to kill Jews, the 1,400 dead, that was American money. I wonder if we've lost our minds. We've talked about it before. You've heard me speak in conferences. All of the mainline churches are under the Federal Council of Churches. That's a communist covering. Includes the National Council of Churches, Geneva-based World Council of Churches. So it's the mainline churches. They are against Israel. They're for the Palestinians. They're for Hamas and Hezbollah and on and on and on. They back abortion, homosexuality, drag queens in churches. The church itself, as you mentioned and we've discussed, is totally dysfunctional. That's why America is falling apart. I mean, you've had under the batting and administration millions and millions and millions and millions of people walk in. This is a pure invasion going on. It's an invasion. Now they're saying the cities across America are not safe. And you got Hamas demonstrations all through America. And for 15, 20, 30 years, I've done all-day conferences on the sleeper cells in America. And now, look at what's going on. Since March 2020, I've had 25 dreams, civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion. Civil unrest. We have seen it, city after city in chaos, even for years, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Civil war. We are on the brink of a civil war. An invasion? We don't need a military invasion. We've got an illegal invasion backed by the Democrats and the president with millions and millions of dangerous people coming in ready to fight. Ron? You know what, my friend? But we're at a time we better prepare for what's coming because they're going to come in your houses. They're going to come in your homes. I personally believe that they're coming in here. Their cells are already here, just like your dreams and stuff you had. They're prepared. Here's what we can't understand is we can't get a handle on it. When I lectured the Congress and Senate on this, I said, what you guys don't understand, they believe they get special rewards if they die for Allah. If they're martyred in the faith, they get special rewards and they believe this stuff. That's what makes them so dangerous. They're ready to give their lives up and we're not ready to give a sandwich up. You know, God help us. That's the only way they're guaranteed paradise is actually if you die in the cause of fighting the infidels. If you die in the cause of Allah, then you are guaranteed paradise. And people, you know, say we serve the same God. Oh, no, we don't. Jesus in Islam comes back to kill the Jews and the Christians and bring the world under Allah. If you say Jesus is God, that's blasphemy and they behead you. We do not serve the same God. Israel does everything it can to spare innocent civilians. They drop leaflets. They tell them we're coming. Get out of the area where Hamas deliberately attacks civilians. I mean, it's night and day. It's evil versus righteousness. There is no way we serve the same God. There is no way you can defend Hamas. It deliberately attacks the innocent, where the Jews are deliberately trying to protect the innocent. Absolutely, my friend. Dr. Hansen, I was in D.C. with the Israeli Defense Force as they showed us videos. And I watched a video. This was in the Gaza Strip as a Bronco filled full of explosives followed 
the border in the Gaza Strip, and they were watching this. They'd already got a little bit of take what was going on. There was an Israeli school bus full of Israeli kids that was on the Israeli side of the wall. And you could see this. They videoed it. You could watch this truck drive up to where the gate was. And when that bus got to the gate, that truck, now the helicopter following this truck, when they got to the border, right to where the gate was, and the school bus got close to where the gate was, that Bronco turned and was going to ram the gate and run through there and hit that school bus. It was a suicide bomber. He was going to give his life up. He was going to kill 50, 60 innocent Jewish children. And the moment he turned to go through the gate, that Cobra helicopter took him out. But you could watch the bus. You could watch the truck with explosives in it. And then you see when they took it out, how this truck went up in flames and exploded. That's what you're dealing with. I still don't think the American people, even our government officials, understand exactly what they're dealing with, my friend. Islam is an ideology. It's a constitution. No matter where you send a Muslim, his top priority is the ideology, the constitution of Islam, to overthrow that new country and bring it under Allah. They say they're a religion of peace, but the only way they have peace is that country comes under Allah. Other than that, they're a religion of war. Islam is the antithesis of biblical Christianity. Christianity advocates love and compassion toward God and one's neighbor. Islam promotes hatred and cruelty. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, wrote the Quran, the Muslim holy book. It's a mixture of desert folklore and customs, revelations of Muhammad and elements of teaching from both Judaism and Christianity. Not only have parts of the Quran been lost or deliberately removed, but entire verses and chapters have been added to it. The Quran also claims that Abraham was thrown into a fire by Nimrod. The mere fact that Nimrod died centuries before Abraham was born appears to be of no account. And the Quran contains many such errors. Now, I'll tell you, we could tear the Quran literally apart. Ron? Absolutely, my friend. And it says right in the Quran, I've read a few of the script that says very clearly, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross. You know, their God, you know, I tell people this all the time, you know, because people tell me, well, the Muslims believe in Jesus. Let me tell you something. Their Jesus is not our Jesus. He's a prophet <laughs> that comes back to kill the Jews and Christians and bring the world under Allah. Absolutely. The God of Abraham, Ishmael, and Mohammed is not the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One of them is a false God, and the other one is the true living God, my friend. A young child, Mohammed, was nursed by a Bedouin woman named Helima. The child had numerous fits which made Halima think he was demon-possessed. Even Mohammed thought he was demon-possessed himself. Every Muslim tradition records that when Muhammad was about to receive a revelation from Allah, he would often fall down on the ground, his body would jerk, his eyes would roll backwards, he would perspire profusely. It was while Muhammad was in this trance-like state that he received his divine revelations. One of his wives said, no, you're a prophet. Muhammad had an appetite for women, married 15 wives including a 10-year-old, some people say a 9-year-old girl. He even married the ex-wife of his adopted son, who was divorced from her husband specifically for that purpose. The marriage caused such a scandal that Muhammad received divine revelation to the effect that he was married by Allah's direct command. We could go on and on. Ron? Yes, my friend. It's just unbelievable. Like I said, I just got done lecturing. The biggest threat to Israel... 
Israel can deal with Hamas. Israel can deal with Hezbollah. But the biggest threat to Israel is coming through Iran. And the SHIP Act, 1.2 million barrels a day that we're allowing Iran to sell on the black market, over $100 million a day that they're selling this oil. And we've tried to get this SHIP Act passed in the House. Mike Lawler is the Republican of New Jersey, and the Senate part is Marco Rubio from Florida. And I ask everyone, if you just contact your congressmen and your senators and tell them to get on the ball and let's get the SHIP Act Let's get this passed to try to give some relief to the nation of Israel. We are in trouble today because, again, we are very close to an escalation of war. We're very close to a nuclear war. Ron? You know, I was thinking about this today, and we've all heard about Armageddon. And we understand, I mean, you know, there's a little different interpretations by different men, but basically it's been talked about, you know, 200 million will die. Jesus will climb on a white horse and come down in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, the Valley of Megiddo, and and kill the armies of the world in that valley. And one day the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, why? Think about this. Why does Jesus do something that he could just send angels? Something that he's never done before. And I found the scripture in Joel. I'm sure you're familiar. I know you're familiar with the scripture. And basically, here's what it says. I'm going to paraphrase it. God said, I will gather the nations to the valley of Jehoshaphat, judgment. And the reason why is because you have touched my heritage, my people, the Jews, and you have parted my land. Let me tell you something. Everything from the Abraham covenant all the way to the book of Revelation. I've studied the Abrahamic covenant for about 18 years now. Everything focuses on God in the center And the bloodline of Abraham and the land, the nation of Israel. And that is the focus. Don't touch my people. Don't part my land. Jerusalem, it's called the city of righteousness. Isaiah 126, Ariel, the fireplace of God. Isaiah 29, 1, God's furnace is in Jerusalem. Isaiah 31, 9, Jerusalem is a holy city. Isaiah 52, 1, Nehemiah 11, 1. Jerusalem is the throne of the Lord, Jeremiah 3.17. Jerusalem is a cup of poison, Zechariah 12.2. Jerusalem is a burdensome stone, Zechariah 12.3. The Lord God Almighty has special interest in Jerusalem because he's placed his own signature on the city. The signature of God signifies the nature, character, personality, covenant, and in a sense who God is. Whoever comes against Jerusalem comes against his holy name, his nature, and the character. Again, the signature of God is on Jerusalem, 2 Chronicles 6.6 and 2 Chronicles 33.4. Pastor Ron, thank you for being on the warning program. Closing comments. You know, in Leviticus 25.23, it says, The land shall not be sold, for the land is mine. And I'm afraid that, you know, this two-state solution is not God's plan. The little bit of land that Israel has is just a small amount. I challenge everyone to go look at a map at the Muslim nations around Israel and look at the little piece of land that they have. And I want to say this about your organization, my friend. I know you. I met you personally. Me and you have spoken. I admire your ministry and what you're doing. People are sending monies to ministers that have $200 million in their bank account. They live in 40,000 square foot houses. Folks, 
If you're going to support a ministry, find an end-time ministry as like my friend's ministry right here and support this ministry. This is a good ministry. I personally support it, and I challenge everyone out there to support this ministry. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Ron. We do need your support, ladies and gentlemen, to stay on this local radio television station. We want to go national. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. We are in the last days. Jesus is returning. When the trump sounds, the Feast of Trumpets, Atonement, Tabernacles, and we arise to meet him in the air, then we do battle with him, and he comes back to rule and reign. If you want to rule and reign with him, you must stand for him right now. You must speak the truth right now. It's up to the church to speak the truth. If we don't speak the truth, the other side wins and we go into persecution. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. And that's what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. Worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You know, we are in serious times. Everybody knows October 7, 2023, Hamas attacked Israel. Over 1,400 Israelis dead, 200 and some plus taken us hostage, hundreds raped, children beheaded, babies cut out of the womb. Ladies and gentlemen, we're close to World War Three. I'm going to read you an article that I've done for our people receiving my free twice a month email pastoral articles. Okay, this article is titled The Real Palestinians. According to wikiquote.org, Golda Meir, May 3, 1898 through December 8, 1978, was an Israeli politician and one of the founders of the state of Israel. She served as Minister of Labor, Foreign Minister, and as the fourth Prime Minister of Israel. There were no such thing as Palestinians. When there was an independent Palestinian people with a Palestinian state, when? She asked the question. It was either Syrian before World War I, and then it was a Palestine, including Jordan. She said it was not as though there was a Palestinian people in Palestine, considering itself as Palestinian people. That wasn't the case. Again, they did not exist, she says. As quoted in Sunday Times, 15 June 1969, also the Washington Post, 16 June 1969. Goldemir said, quote, When were Palestinians born? What was all of this area before the First World War when Britain got the mandate over Palestine? What was Palestine then? Palestine was then the area between the Mediterranean and the Iraqi border. Eastern West Bank was Palestine. I'm a Palestinian. From 1921 to 1948, I carried a Palestinian passport. There was no such thing in this area as Jews and Arabs and Palestinians. There were Jews and Arabs, period. Iron Lady of Israeli Politics, Thames TV, 1970. The Jews have been in Jerusalem since 1200 B.C., long before Islam was created in 610, which is over 1,800 years after the Jews had already been living in Israel today, including what they called the occupied territories and those areas in disputes. The reality is Jerusalem belongs to God. Second Chronicles 6.6, 6, Yet I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be there. 
and I've chosen David to be over my people, Israel. Second Chronicles 33, 4. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. Isaiah 52, 1. God redeems Jerusalem as a holy city. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Isaiah 1, 26. I will restore your judges as at the first, as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Isaiah 29, 1. Woe to Jerusalem, the fireplace of God. Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. Year to year, let feasts come around. Jeremiah three seventeen. At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord. And all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. Zechariah 12.2 Behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness, poison, to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. Zechariah 12.3 And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would have it away shall surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. The real problem is mankind witnessing a clash of spiritual kingdoms with Jerusalem in the bullseye. Heaven versus hell, Jesus versus Satan, religions versus relationship with God. Jerusalem has always throughout history been the reason for fighting, whether it's the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Crusaders, the Turks, the British Empire, each of them have had their problems controlling Jerusalem. Only when the Jews have controlled Jerusalem has there been peace, because God gave Jerusalem to the Jews as caretakers for him. Jerusalem is a holy place to the Jews. Jerusalem is mentioned 667 times in the Old Testament, 139 times in the New Testament, for a total of 806 times in the Bible. In the Quran, Jerusalem is not mentioned once. Hamas, the Arabic Islamic Resistance Terrorist Organization, lives up to its name of violence. It was formed in 1987 to remove, destroy the Jews from Israel. The name Hamas itself is in the Bible. The word Hamas means an act of aggression. Headline news, Pixabay, quote, real plan of Hamas kill every Jew and every Christian on earth, unquote. In the charter of Hamas, it reads, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Ladies and gentlemen, that quote is being said all through America right now with protesters protesting against Israel, protesting in favor of Hamas, led by, again, university professors and students and teachers. What are they teaching, let me ask you, in our universities and our public schools today? You have communists, you have Islamics, and they're teaching, again, a communistic value system. They're teaching where they favor Hamas to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, then to wipe the Christians off? Hamas is a terrorist Islamic organization who does not want a two-state solution. 
The Israeli government has focused and offered a two-state solution five different times, and Hamas has and always will turn it down as they want all the land. They want no peace till the Jews are all killed or subjugated. Once again, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You've heard me say on this program, if you have people that have come in, taken oaths to defend the Constitution, our way of life, our value system, and now they are protesting and said, calling for Hamas to destroy Israel, which again, their mandate is also to kill Christians, destroy America. They should be arrested. They should be deported. Send them back to Gaza or wherever they came from. But we don't need these communistic traitors in America. Send back these Congress ladies in Congress that are in favor of Hamas. Send them back. One lady, Omar, I understand she lied, said she married this man, but she married her brother. Why hasn't she been arrested and sent back already? You ask the question. I'm asking why? Even the Arabs who live in the Gaza Strip, you know, they're called now the Palestinians, they don't want Hamas to control them as they are abused. They're afraid to come against Hamas themselves. Hamas controls the Gaza Strip since Israel gave it sovereignty to them in 2005. Did you hear what I said? 2005, Hamas has been in control of the Gaza Strip. So what's the complaint? What's the problem? If you want to be mad at somebody, why aren't you mad at Hamas? This Islamic terrorist organization, this bunch of genocidal racist killers. Hamas, like a cruel dictator, has used the land and its citizens to fulfill their demonic, hate-filled anger against the Jews and Christians. The leaders of Hamas have stolen the wealth and the assets of the people, using them as pawns and human shields in their quest to wipe out the Jews. Now, Genesis 6.13, And God said, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence, Hamas, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The earth is filled with violence, sin, immorality. And God decided to judge mankind through the flood who were not righteous. Now, I am prophesying that Hamas will be defeated, destroyed as evil men were defeated and destroyed before the flood for their sinful violence. Did you hear me? I'm prophesying this. Ladies and gentlemen, since March, April 2020, I've had 25 dreams, civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion, not in that order. Civil unrest. We are still having civil unrest. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Hamas, all a continuation of the same lawless people trying to overturn the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Republic to put communism in America. They're all the same. We've had civil unrest. Cities burning, people being killed. Hamas right now, all over cities in America, people are protesting in favor of Hamas. Led by many times professors, universities. Man, these people need to be defunded. There should be no federal aid given to these universities. University professors guilty of treason should be arrested, deported, or put in prison. Civil unrest, again, civil war. We're on the cusp of civil war and an invasion. Again, 25 dreams I've had, civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion since March and April of 2020 when these dreams started. Right now, we're in 2023. We've had now roughly 8 million people walk in our borders. 8 million. We are being invaded. Lawlessness to topple the republic. 
move us into communism, a new world order, open borders, Islamic, communistic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need to fly to Israel to meet with leaders to discuss the strategy for reconciliation, reconstruction, and lasting peace. Reconciliation within Israel with their own citizens that are divided now. Also to see what can be done to help rebuild their lives and communities that were destroyed near the Gaza. Please send as much money as you can to help us fly to Israel and to help the people living in Israel. I need to go quickly. I need your support. Prayers, but also financially. Everything you send is tax deductible. You can telephone 360-629-5248, and make a donation. Or you can send it online. Worldministries.org, that is worldministries.org, worldministries.org. I need to fly to Israel to meet with leaders to discuss the strategy for reconciliation if we can bring Israel together for reconstruction and lasting peace. Also to see what we can do to help them rebuild their lives and communities that were destroyed near the Gaza. Please send us as much money as you can to help us fly to Israel and help the people living in Israel. This is a unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be involved not only for praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but in helping to bring peace and to rebuild the lives of people in Israel that have been devastated. Please send your support as soon as possible so I can fly to Israel and help the people. Shai Hermas, ladies and gentlemen, he was the leader of the World Jewish Congress, personal friend. I know him personally. I've been with him several times in the very kibbutz that was slaughtered, massacred. God spared his life once again. He was in the bomb shelter, barricaded in. The very one that he took me into, that I interviewed him in. He took me all through that kibbutz. People now were massacred. His own son found dead. We need, I need, to fly to Israel, to be an encouragement, a support to Shai and to so many others. I've been in the Gaza area, Starot, the kibbutz, many, many times, maybe up to a dozen times wanting to help the people in Israel that live one mile from the Gaza as they were constantly under the barrage of rockets, bombs. But now they were invaded. My phone number, 360 The ministry website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. The plan of Hamas was to kill every Jew and every Christian on earth. That's the real plan of Hamas by Pixabay. Says Christian evangelist Franklin Graham is warning Jews and Christians around the globe to beware of Hamas. Real plans to, quote, kill every Jew and every Christian, unquote, on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in real serious times, troubling times, prophetic times. We're on the verge of civil war. Civil rest is going on from Black Lives Matter to Ativa. Now the protesters and Hamas all across the America cities, including Washington, D.C., even trying to get into the White House. Where's the arrest being made? Where? They arrest basically for a peaceful protest January during the election. But this is real insurrection, violence. Why aren't they being arrested? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need to go to Israel. 
please contact my office at 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, and give the very best offering you can to send me back to Israel. I need to talk to the leadership of Israel. I need to help rebuild the communities that have been destroyed. My website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can give that way too.